0: Welcome, everybody, to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. What's up, guys? So I am on vacation, but if you have seen my Instagram and if you've seen some of my content lately I've been posting about the housing market... And for a few people, I think it ruffled some feathers. So I need to cover this. And I need to go over this because it is so misunderstood. First of all, there's a lot of people that are trying to tell me that um, because I said the housing market is not going to crash, I uh, I am somehow similar to the people that said the housing market wasn't going to crash in 08. Well, it's actually the exact opposite. And let me tell you why. If, you're, if you think that the housing market is going to crash because of 2008, then you are thinking purely on emotion. Now, we stopped buying real estate prior to 2008 because numbers didn't make sense. People were buying real estate in 2008 off of emotion, not numbers. That's why we got into the problem. So the whole idea when you look at markets is not to be driven by emotion, but to be logical. People that say, no, you're wrong. You don't understand your premise. Housing is gonna crash because look at, 08, or we're gonna go into a recession. That is a fear-driven reaction. That is an emotional-driven reaction. And you can even see in the comments, although I support my thesis with so much data, the comments against it are not supported by data. It is emotion. And that is the problem. That's the same emotion that leads people to miss opportunities. It's the same emotion that gets people into trouble. The idea is not that there is no risk in a market, so you should just go all in. The idea is that you understand the risk in a market, you analyze it, and then you can move forward in times of risk, because that is all the time. And thinking that there's some times where the market doesn't have risk, so you should be in it, and other times that the market doesn't have risk, so you sh- or has risk, so you should get out of it, that's ridiculous, first of all. That's completely timing markets that doesn't work. And we are in a spot where people are being very, very emotional. So I want to explain in some longer forum content here on the numbers and on the housing market to help other people understand our thesis. The first thing that we have to do is we have to break it down. Actually, before we go there, a lot of people say, AJ, you're not a single family home investor. Why do you care about the housing market? To which I say the housing market is a very big piece of real estate. It is particularly a very big piece in how demand is formulated in self-storage. So if I wanna understand the demand of the asset class that I'm in, as well as other asset classes, I need to understand that. I go to the root of the problems to understand assets performance. I want to understand the consumers that are driving the revenue for the underlying asset, right? A lot of people look at real estate and they just think about it as in it's a market, like a stock and then it goes up and it goes down. That's not how it works, it's a business. And you have consumers and the consumers are the ones that drive the revenue. Consumers and utilizers of the asset are the ones that pay the bills. So whether they're gonna pay more or less is going to be largely dependent on things that are affecting them. So we need to look at those drivers, and we need to understand why the consumers are doing certain things. The consumers of self-storage, are tenants, are 43% of them are from moving. And a lot of people think that self-storage is driven by people that live in apartments. That's not true at all. Um, the largest demographic of self-storage users are single family home owners. Now, when I'm studying the uh, housing market and the sustainability and viability of it, maybe I think that's why I am a little bit different in those terms or realms. Meaning that um, I'm looking at it from a whole nother perspective than simply just buying a home as an investment vehicle. So when we look at the over housing market, overall housing market, we have to break it up into two parts. Now, the two parts that we are going to break it into is, uh, first of all, so many people saying that there's a crisis. Um, so we have the housing market as it goes, the buying and selling of homes. The second part is we have housing, meaning people that own and live in homes. All right. Now, when we look at the housing crisis and the collapse in 2008, what drove that? Um, when we look at the history of the housing industry, right? So we think of it not just as people buying. Um, There's a lot of correlation in today that recessions lead to housing crisis. That is simply because that's just what they remember from the last one in 2008. But it's important to remember that the housing crisis wasn't created from a recession. The recession was created from a housing crisis. And uh, that seems to just not be understood at all in today's market. I am not sure why but a lot of people are making profound statements about a market into which i don't think they understand and they're correlating it to a recession that i also don't think that they understand at all now during the great recession um i was in business you we know, uh we were in the real estate market meaning we owned assets um, but we weren't actively buying and selling prior then afterwards we started up again when i'm looking at today's data and what's going on uh, these are a couple things that i want to walk you guys through and we want to look at now the first data that i point out is mortgage loans okay and the reason why i pointed out this data which goes like this that right now in America, mortgage rate, interest rates under 5.25% make up 99% of all mortgages. Let me repeat that. Today's interest rate is 6%. Under just over 5%, only 1% of mortgages have an interest rate at that level. Over 80% of all mortgages are held at under 3.5% with over 90% at under 4%. This is a huge number. Now, some of the people say that's it's oversimplification, right? Well, okay, I buy that, but I also include lots of other data in there, but social media, social media. I don't have long form content that I could try, but I still put all the numbers in. And let's walk through these numbers. Uh, The first thing that people go to is they say, yeah, but lots of people had mortgages at low interest rates prior to 08. Now, first of all, that's not true. Um, They did not have interest rates, anything like they've seen. Literally 85% of the market today has lower interest rates And lower payments, uh, monthly payments on their debt than they did in the start of 08. But more importantly is the formation of the product. So the loans that people held. Prior to 2008, over 45% of all mortgages on homes were adjustable. Today, it's under 10%. What does that mean? The housing crisis was not caused and I repeat, the housing crisis was not caused by home prices dropping. The housing crisis was caused by homes becoming unaffordable due to their monthly payments. What that means is that just because a home is less, I own a home and it decreases by 15%, but my monthly payments didn't change and I can still make the bills, I'm okay. Well, then people say and argue, which I understand the logic. They say, yes, but lots of people lost so much money in their home, the bank came back, they didn't meet the qualifications, and they lost their home. This is 100% true. But once again, That is an extreme oversimplification. The reason why home prices dropped to a level that had never before been seen. We never had an incident in the history of the United States where home prices dropped to that kind of level. The reason being is this. When all those adjustable rates refinanced into rates that were over 6%, as interest went up due to inflation, and a whole bunch of other things in the economy, their interest rate doubled and they could no longer afford the monthly payments of which these people, lots of them had three, four homes. They were the most uncredit worthy buyers around. You remember Ninja Loans and the famous strippers and, uh, uh um, There were strawberry farmers that were qualifying and not even strawberry farmers. They were strawberry pickers. They worked out in the fields picking uh, strawberries. Uh, They had no set income and they were being qualified for $800,000 loans. So. All of these people and how they got qualified for them was because of ninja loans, as well as adjustable payments. When, of course, all those payments readjusted out of interest only and everything else, they could no longer meet the payment. So what happened? The housing market started to get flooded with homes on the market because all the homes that were sold were adjustable and they adjusted into interest payments in which those people could not afford this mass flooding of homes that people should have never bought, should have never been qualified because they were uncreditworthy in the first place, and then had the worst kind of financial instrument backing them, adjustable rates, started defaulting on their loans, flooding the housing market with product. This massive flood due to defaults because of unaffordable monthly payments, on their debt products led to an astronomical flip in supply and demand. So housing prices did not drop because of a recession. Housing prices dropped because of defaults on loan products to which should have never been issued and then became unaffordable, flooding the housing market with inventory that dropped everybody's home prices to historical lows, 50% in value. Um, And that led to a financial recession or a debt crisis and bubble because then nobody could uh, keep their loan because the loan to value had switched. What they bought at $200,000 was now only worth $100,000 and the bank had to foreclose on them. So in Order for people that can make their bank payments, right? Healthy people, uh, healthy uh, homeowners in great loan products, what takes it for them to default is a massive contraction in the loan to value that would then turn that house upside down. Well, in order for that to ha- happen, we have to have a flood of houses to hit the market. There has to be a reason for people to default. They just don't stop paying. And as of right now in the United States, home ownership is still less than it was. Not only to mention that, once again, 99% of everyone in the United States is locked into a 30 year mortgage, of which their payment their payment to income ratio is some of the lowest it's ever been. So homeowners are actually the healthiest they've been in a long time. Now, does that mean that home prices on the market won't drop? No. Once again, this is where I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding the duality of my argument, which is supposed to be a four-dimensional argument, that the duality is that once interest rates rise, homes that are on the market have to adjust to affordability to entice new buyers. This is what we call a correction, not a crisis. Corrections are good and normal. COVID was not normal. Housing prices rising as fast as they did was not normal. And now that payments, you can't buy one of those houses for 2.5% interest or 3% interest on a 30-year mortgage. It's now 55 or 6%. Well, the cost of the home has to come down for people to buy them. Well, That is an adjustment in products being sold. And people are like, yeah, but if those prices all come down, won't that change the value across the board in the marketplace? Now, there is an argument for that, meaning if home sales drop so much that all of a sudden we're changing what people are uh, viewing as value in the home. Now, here's the other problem, though. At the time of 2008, and when we had the housing crisis, there was over three times as many homes on the market right now in today's age and also those homes could be built at multiples lower than they were selling that's not true so today in order to build a home it's going to cost you an astronomical amount because the cost to build it is so high but piggyback that with once again let's look at the data which is really important here to understand The full argument behind, or not even the argument. I don't want to say it's argument. Just understand the housing market. Okay, when we look at that, when we're looking at the number of uh, inventory for homes on the market in 2007, there was 3.1 million homes on the market. Guess how many homes are on the market today? Less than 800 thousand. So let me repeat that. There's 3.1 million homes. This is now going clear back to 2005 to 2007. There was over 2.5 million homes, all the way up to well over 3.2 million homes on the market before we even officially got into the recession. Um, that's what drove, uh, once again, then defaults on and on and on, right? that very going on. Today, we have less than 800,000. So let me ask you this, when's the last time we had less than 800,000 units available in the United States? True question. We've never had anything like that. In fact, we only had one period that we saw less than 1.6 million homes on the market, and guess when that was? 1994. We have twice as many home buyers as we did when it, it went to almost 1.5 million yet we have half the amount of homes. You have to go clear back to 1994 when my brother who's 30 and serving in the military was born to find any kind of level and once again it doesn't even resemble it it's still it, it's still. That's still twice as much, even though it's twice as many buyers. So once we look at this argument, the argument twofold is that homes that come up for sale have to adjust for the new payments, but they're com- they need to adjust off of prices that were just stupid, right? They, it, this is a correction. Now, to think, though, that they're going to tumble, uh, well, as of right now, we still have twice Multiples more buyers than we do have inventory for homes to even be sold in the United States. We went through a decade where we were not putting out over a million homes onto the market a year when we needed 3 million a year just to keep up with demand. So, right now in the United States, we have home buyers, but we do not have homes. And to build a new home, you can't build it at a fraction of the cost of a new home or a home on the market. So, Yes, prices will come down, but there is a floor to that. Once again, people that are comparing it to prior to 08, you need to remember that in the early 2000s, there was over 2.1 million homes on the market to all the way to 2. Point or 3.1 plus million homes on the market. It's so vastly different and all of those homes once again, that were on the market, right? And all of those people that were getting mortgages were getting mortgages that all had to refinance. Uh, Not all, obviously, it was like over 50% though. You're talking about over half the entire market. Today it's less than 10%. Um, That is why I do not see a housing crisis. We don't see a housing crash. I don't see that taking place. Now, does that mean that in four months, You're going to be able to buy a home on the market for less than you could today? Yeah, I think so. I really do. Well, that's just because we're eliminating buyers through interest rates. And because the cost of the monthly payments have risen, the price of the home needs to come down to attract new buyers. Now, how much will those prices? It's not going to be a crash. We're not going to see just prices plummeting. Well, why not? because there's very little to even be sold. So there's not enough inventory on the market that buyers have 10 homes to choose from. Also, we're gonna be moving to more of a regional time, where when you looked at 08, this was a nationwide thing. Now, interest rates are nationwide, but housing supply and demand is, varies largely. So some places, new homes are gonna sell at substantially less than new homes in other places just because of regional supply and demand issues. But homeowners sitting in their home saying, I'm gonna lose 30% of the value of my home or I'm gonna be in trouble, I don't see that. Now, could we be wrong? 100%? Yes, absolutely. But my thesis is not being derived because of emotion. I'm not trying to buy houses. I'm not trying to invest in houses, right? I'm not saying, oh, wait or buy now or get into the market. I'm not saying any of that at all. I'm looking at the health of the housing market that is being derived from all of the drivers and the economics behind the housing prices. Do I think that inflation is going to affect housing in a negative way? Yes, it already has. It has been doing that for three years. Do I think that we are turning in or we're going into very uncertain economic conditions? A hundred percent. I think the next five years are some of the scariest the United States will ever or have ever faced. And I think a lot of that is not economical, though. That is uh, geopolitical and social issues. The United States is lost. In a lot of its personality things, right? But do I think that we're having another housing crisis? No, I don't. Do I think that you should be viewing housing, whether it's going to go up and down over the next six months or anything else? No, you should be looking at houses purely on how much, if you're buying a home, it should be based purely upon rent variation and how much the rent that you will receive will be impacted. Once again, if there's no inventory on the market, or just not normal inventory, which we are historically half of the lowest point historically, then renters don't even have choices. So rents should maintain. Um, now, even if they can't break this idea, though, that rent will continue going up as it has, no, because buyers can't afford it. They just stop paying. It doesn't matter. You can't squeeze more out of something that there's nothing to get. Uh, right? But we're talking about a crash. There are still more demand than there are units available, even if prices go up. I see a huge softening in prices. We see a huge softening in the market. New homes will not be selling like they were. It's not going to be stupid prices. We don't have a Uh, a crisis, we have a correction, and we're moving into an environment that is much more like stagnation. I hope that helps everybody. Check out my social media. I posted a lot of these graphs, data, and information. You can go to Instagram to check those out. I think I even had something posted on TikTok. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later.